Hey, hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. This is episode five of the Sessions G podcast, and it's so, so cool for me to have this conversation today. It is our second psychedelic session, and I have an amazing, amazing soul with us here today. Andrew, welcome to Sessions G. Please introduce yourself. Well, first off, thank you so much, Gabriella. It is an honor to be on your show, especially so early on because I know how it feels to start a podcast and get it going. And I know how much these first couple episodes mean to you. So thank you for the invitation. It's an honor. I am uh, I'm in the process myself of getting back into the swing of podcasting. So this is a great um, source of motivation for me. <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. I'm so glad you feel that way. And yeah, definitely... The first few episodes, it's definitely, you know, there's that narrative in my head of, uh, you know, like every time I reach out to someone, I, I think to myself, well, this person want to be on the podcast, you know, because mm. there aren't that many episodes out. Um, but, you know, that's 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 just going to leave me in a loop of going back and forth. Eventually, exactly. someone has to be the first few. Yes, yes, precisely. And uh, it's good to speak to people who have like-minded similar interests and those are usually friends and acquaintances first exactly. so for for your listeners you and i actually met in a plant medicine ceremony and uh for those who don't know who i am which are majority of your listeners i'm sure <laughs> uh my name is andrew Ascari. i also go by fifth and i I've recently been changing how I introduce myself and instead of saying what I am and giving myself titles, I've been preferring to say what I do and what I enjoy doing. So mm -hmm. I I really enjoy I really enjoy photography. It is a big uh source of inspiration and fulfillment within my life. And I really enjoy record production and creation. I record music and I actually went to school to become an audio engineer and I enjoy plant medicine and ceremony more than anything else in my life probably in this uh in this moment and I have nice. spent the past couple years yeah I've, as you know I've spent the past couple years traveling down to South America you know once sometimes twice a year and studying plant medicine studying shamanism uh, participating in different indigenous ceremonies and this way of life of truly using these plant medicine experiences as opportunities to learn about ourselves, to see what we need to work on, and to just remember simply what it is to be human has been so fulfilling to me. So yeah, I'm into a lot of different things. I consider myself an artist before anything. I certainly make music, I shoot a lot of videos, I work on films, I uh, take a lot of photos, but for the theme of this podcast and in the way that you and I have met, I am forced and foremost superly interested in uh, ceremonial work. Beautiful, beautiful. That's so, so cool. Thank you for introducing yourself. That's, uh, that's kind of why I love uh, asking people to introduce themselves, because it's, uh, it's one thing for me to introduce someone in, in whatever way I think they might want to be introduced as and it's a it's a whole other ballgame to just hear a person introduce themselves in a way that fits and in a way that feels right to them. So it's really, really cool. Thank you for all of that. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's yeah, it's very different style for me as well because I'm used to um, somebody introducing me and it's hard to describe yourself or what you do or what you are in a short, brief couple sentences, right? <laughs> so um, mm -hmm. it's, totally. uh, it's oh, yeah, it's, it's always a challenge and I always see the introduction as a, as a starting point into the rest of the conversation, which we're about to get into. Yeah, exactly. So, so you you said it's been a few years, and it it sounds like the majority of your experiences have been in South America. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so so t tell me, like, how how did this all start for you? Hmm. Well, regarding my interest into indigenous ceremonial work and shamanism, uh. 
I would say just to keep things relatively short, they began for me back in February of 2016, where I had recently graduated college the year prior. It was my first winter at home, being basically a, a free man in a sense, not having any schoolwork to do. And I felt called to go down to South America and experience some of these plant medicines I had been researching for years. And I realized that it really was the most ideal time in my life to do so because I was feeling very much the urge to one, travel, but also reassess some things in my personal life and really take a moment to take stock and see that there were some things that I really wanted to work on. And I didn't know precisely how much the uh, jumping all into plant medicine would really assist me in identifying these different internal things I wanted to work on. But as I got down to South America and began experiencing some of these ceremonies in the most safe, most loving, most beautiful, sincere way, I quickly saw one, how much these tools and these practices and these forms of praying related to who I am as a person already. And I saw how much I wanted to continue to delve into this work. So yeah, I've, I've dabbled with entheogens for many years prior to 2016, but I would primarily say when I first went to Ecuador in 2016 is when my path started seriously when it came to this ceremonial work. So, uh, why, why do you like, what about plant medicine? What about uh, ceremonial medicine feels like it is part of your path for you? Hmm. Well, I think for me, what I first realized in ceremony down in South America was that these practices for me were a path of remembrance. That's what I always call uh, my journey, a path of remembrance. And I had felt like I had felt like once I started to really experience some of these ceremonies which honored the sacred, all things that are sacred, all life, mm -hmm. all events, um, the spaces we inhabit, our lives, ourselves as sacred. And really started to wake up to some very simple truths. I almost in a, in a sense was embarrassed that I had as a human being and as a spiritual being forgotten so much of this. And I feel like mm -hmm. that is the modern times we are living in. It's like everybody is living in some perpetual amnesia where we have forgotten who we really are as human and spiritual beings. So when I first when I first sat in formal ceremony, I mean it's very different to take mushrooms in the woods with your friends compared to drinking ayahuasca or San Pedro with an indigenous elder in the Andean mountains. You know, in a ceremonial way, it's very it's very different. And uh, when I got my first taste of ceremony, something awakened within me that allowed me to remember that this is what all of our ancestors have been doing for millennia. Mm -hmm. No matter who you are on this planet, our ancestors have sat around fires, have shared songs, have expressed prayers, have made offerings to the land, and have also, frankly, participated in these uh, very strong plant medicine experiences. So when I say that this path for me felt like it was for me and something that I had already experienced, that is through the lens of my own personal ancestry and our human ancestry as a whole. And I believe that is the medicine of ceremony itself, even more than the medicines or entheogens or plant teachers that you may be meeting in that space. The true medicine is gathering as a family with intention to honor the sacred. And that's something we all have a birthright towards and uh 
something I want to help cultivate more within people. Mm-hmm. Man, that is so beautiful. I love the the word remembrance that you used. I, I resonate with that mm. so much. It, it uh, It's definitely an experience that I can relate to. I, I know that for me, that's the word that I've been using with myself in, in terms of uh, relating to my own, you know, the evolution of my awareness um, that it, it's a, it's a remembrance. It, it's, mm. it, yep. it's, it's as much a discovery as it is a discovery of remembrance or within remembrance. And that's a really, really cool yes. word. Really cool word. So glad you used that. Yeah. And, and just to, just to build on that a little bit further, the way, and the reason why I use that word remembrance is because it shows that a lot of these insights we receive are already there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the wisdom and the, the insights and the knowledge and the experiences, they're already there within us. We just need some additional help during these very difficult modern times to be reminded of these things. And uh, as I'm sure you can attest to, there's been many lessons that I'm sure you have learned in ceremony or through these plant medicine experiences where you realize that you've known that for some time now and that you just needed some help seeing it again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So yeah. Remembrance. That's like my main word when it comes to this, uh, this path with psychedelic or uh, sacred plant teachers. Mm -hmm. I love it because it kind of, it kind of uh, paints the plants themselves in this light of um, they're, they're there to assist you kind of like uh, trigger a memory or help you jog your memory Mm. a little bit. Um, That's really, really cool. So, so then are there, are there particular, I I assume ayahuasca is probably a big one there. Are there particular plants that you work with the most or that you feel most drawn to? Well, something that not too many people know about my path, even people who are very close to me, is that back in December 2015 and then January, February 2016, when I was really going through this this desire to go and meet some of these plant medicines, I was really called to uh, peyote Mm -hmm. and was researching peyote culture, peyote history. And uh, was feeling incredibly called to that very sacred grandfather plant medicine. And uh, back in the States, it was a little bit difficult to find somewhere that I felt was very authentic and genuine to the traditions that I was researching. Mm -hmm. So I, for some reason, just very uh, casually said, okay, if I can't find somewhere to do peyote, maybe I should research and look back into that ayahuasca stuff I used to research back when I was in high school, you know, and that I've been reading up on recently. And when looking where to drink this very sacred medicine, and from all the research that I had been doing for years prior, I knew how important it was to have my first experience with people I basically trusted my life with, Mm -hmm. people of the highest integrity, people who I knew would provide to me the help that I may need in the moment. And uh, I'm grateful that I had the foresight for that because there are many other people, especially during this ayahuasca boom that's been happening the past 10 years or so, who rush into that experience and end up sitting with somebody who may not have the highest integrity or may not have the highest skill set. So I bring that up to say, you know, I found somewhere beautiful in Ecuador to experience the plant medicine of ayahuasca. And also at this retreat center, they offered the beautiful plant medicine of San Pedro, which also goes by the name of Huachuma, mm-hmm. Aguacoya, which is a South American cactus, which also contains mescaline, similar to peyote. Very different medicines, but both mescaline containing cacti. And yes, it was these two medicines that I primarily became uh, fixated on and started to begin forging a relationship with during my initial trip to South America and my subsequent trips to South America. So yes, primarily, I would say the main medicines I work with are uh, ayahuasca and San Pedro. But on this path, you quickly begin to see that there are many other plant allies and teachers mm-hmm. that all work to, that all work together. I like to see ayahuasca, San Pedro, 
tobacco, rape, combo, all of these things are like brothers and sisters and elders within one big plant medicine family. Mm-hmm. And they all intertwine and play off of each other in a really beautiful way. So yeah, uh, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm most in dealings with all medicine of the uh, Andean traditions, gotcha. which primarily consumes of ayahuasca, San Pedro, rape, uh, mapacho, tobacco in their original sense, uh, combo, all these things. Yeah, beautiful. I'd love to get back to this, but before we do that, you you mentioned something that I think um, is important to talk about, which is the, the process of finding uh, people that are working uh with the highest integrity what was that like what was that process like for you because i i imagine you know there are lots of people out there who are maybe considering it looking looking into it and they're finding all kinds of things online and they don't necessarily know um who to trust and and it's a it's a pretty big um it's a pretty big uh step to take it's it's a big commitment and it's uh, yes it, it really is putting yourself uh, in a very vulnerable position and at the hands of uh you know that that environment and that space and the people in it so like that process i imagine can get overwhelming and it can be uh, it can be a little uh, frightening. So what was that process like for you? What, what would you say to people out there who are, um, actively seeking out these, uh, these experiences? Yes. Well, I would say you hit the nail on the head saying that, um, this is no light matter to be doing this work. And I, although this work can be, uh, incredibly joyful, and fun and celebratory and cleansing, I do call it work because it is just that. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be fun. And it's certainly not always going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So knowing this, yes, you do want to go into it with a bit of discretion when you are choosing who you would like to facilitate your experiences and who you would like to work with because you're not, uh, it doesn't go like shaman patient relationship. You know, it's, it's, you're actually working with the people within the space that you're sitting with. So it's like when you're searching for a new job, you want to, you want the people you're working with to be people you get along with people you trust and people you feel safe with. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I was seeking, uh, when I was seeking, locations, retreat centers, uh, medicine men, medicine women that I want to sit with, I took a very simple approach, which I believe everybody should take. And you should simply use resources, whether it's in person or online, to read testimonials and reviews of other people's experiences with this medicine woman, with this medicine man. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very simple. It can be overwhelming, but you need to use word of mouth reference of other people's firsthand experience with this person or with this family. And that's exactly what I did when I found some potential prospects of people I wanted to sit with. And thank God through, you know, modern means of this 21st century we're living in, uh, the people that I was interested in sitting with had dozens, if not upwards of a hundred plus reviews of people who had wonderful experiences with them. And it's very hard to fabricate um, so many positive reviews mm-hmm. about oneself, <laughs> especially when the people who experience these, these ceremonies are going upon their own volition to share how beautiful their experiences were and how safe they felt and how loving the shamans were. Um, that's very hard to fake. And it's also very easy to see when someone who is not working with the highest integrity and people publicly express that, um, it's easy to find those as well. So I would suggest to people, whether you are planning to travel somewhere to experience plant medicine or you are sitting with 
a ceremonialist somewhere in your local area is to ask other people who have sat with said person and see how their experiences were and ask people you trust or people who who you feel like are being genuine because that's what's most important i mean a cardinal rule just to end this uh thought process is you shouldn't really be meeting the person who's leading your ceremony uh the same night you're having ceremony with them mm-hmm. you, you should you should want to meet them a couple of days beforehand you should maybe go to a retreat center where you get to meet these people uh you know days before you drink medicine with them you get to know them um you don't just want to drop in to a ceremony with someone you never heard of never met never got to see their intentions or their skill set or their history um so yeah it takes just patience and discretion because i think certain people rush into wanting to experience one of these sacred ceremonies and end up seeing that the person facilitating it really didn't know what they were doing at all Mm -hmm. so i feel very blessed that i was able to take those steps beforehand and i see it as part of my duty and as my path to be responsible enough to share that wisdom with others even if it's as simple as, you know, ask for references, ask for how this person conducts their ceremony, look at their credentials in a sense, because I know most people wouldn't have our heart surgery done by someone they didn't know anything about. I would say it's uh, pretty much on the same level when it comes to working with these plant medicines. Yeah, totally, totally. And and I think it's funny because at the end there, you started talking about, you know, um, suggesting that we go and, and, and visit and, and, you know, just talk to the people that we're about to uh, do this with prior to, instead of just kind of showing up and then engaging in a ceremony without even having spent any time with them. And it's funny that you brought that up because I was going to follow up that question with, well, even if you do do all that uh, research and, and you, you read reviews and you talk to other people that, you know, that's one um, aspect of that research, but the other aspect is also just showing up and being with the person, being with the shaman, being in that space, and and feeling out whether or not the energetic sort of uh, structure there actually matches where you are, and it does fit mm-hmm. in with you. Um, and like you know, I like that's that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, especially if you're planning on going somewhere like Ecuador and you don't live in Ecuador, then, you know, your options might be limited. You might not have yeah. resources to just go on over and check things out. And because, you know, it's, it's, that's a commitment for one, it's an investment. And if you show up there and it, it you know, doesn't feel right, then you've just spent that time getting to know people that, you know, aren't the right people for you to do this with. So it's yeah. it's not always the easiest thing to do, but that brings up the the point that working with plant medicine from this perspective of you know they are teachers, they are guides, they are they are uh, teachers that help us remember and trigger that remembrance within us. Um, you know, it's not a party drug, and it's not it's not uh, yes. it's not a vacation. It's not it is work, like you said. So if we're looking at it from that perspective, we would want um, we would want to ensure that we have actually taken all the right steps to prepare for it and to make sure that it is actually aligned with our path and who we are and the best thing for us and for the people that we are then in ceremony with. And that I think, yes, looking at it from that perspective, uh, I think it, it informs you know our sort of our, our patience, our level of patience, you know, like maybe we want to do it right away or we want to do it now. But, you know, if we're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, this is, this is a sacred, uh, ceremony, this is a sacred work. uh, Yes. We can be patient. We can wait it out. So like just that perspective alone, it, it can, it can really help shift our expectations, mm-hmm. which is very, very important. And it can also help us, you know, really practice that patience and practice that trust and surrendering and, uh, 
um, trusting that the medicine, if we do feel called to it, will make its way to us. It, yes. It will happen if it is part of our path. Yes, completely. And I think it's so important to note that, you know, certain people may be listening to this right now and say, oh, I don't need anybody to facilitate an experience for me. Mm -hmm. I can, I can take these medicines on my own. And what they're saying is partially true. It is in a sense. But in my eyes, in today's culture, there is not a structured and safe way to partake in some of these medicines that do pose a risk to our physical and mental well-being when abused. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something I needed to realize on my path. And it's not something that people easily just know off the bat because in our culture we haven't been raised in ways in which our elders are holding ceremonies and we're getting to watch them and we're getting to learn that these are sacred plant teachers and they're not to be abused we have grown up in a culture that views some of these substances as illicit drugs mm -hmm. and uh because of that many teenagers many young people many people in general treat some of these substances as so and that's when people run into the typical bad trips. They run into, uh, you know, lack of support during a difficult experience. And the reason why, you know, I want to express to some of your listeners that I really tout for ceremony so much is that ceremony creates a safe and sacred container to be held in a beautiful way while you experience some of these very intense, very uncomfortable uh, plant medicines. And without that container of ceremony, many things, anything can go awry. So I believe if somebody has the simple awareness that these entheogens, that these plant teachers, that these sacred medicines are in fact sacred, and they take the time to seek out others who see them just as sacred, that no matter how the ceremony itself is ran, there's probably something of benefit for that person. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the first step, as you also have uh, reiterated, that it's the understanding of your relationship to these medicines that are really going to dictate your experience first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So side note, do you think in your opinion that the, that uh, conversation around plant medicine has changed? I know that you, you mentioned a little earlier that over the last 10 years has been sort of this boom and this, uh, in this interest in ayahuasca or, you know, going down to Mexico and, and doing peyote and that kind of thing. Do you think that the conversation has, um, become more part of the mainstream? Have you noticed changes with that? Mm, well, I'm relatively young, but I would say I've been interested in all of these things for about a decade now and have been seriously been a participant mm. in them for about, you know, the past five or six years. But yes, I can certainly say I have seen a shift and I would say that's primarily due to the benefits people have been reporting after coming home from such experiences and uh, other people hearing about them and wanting this experience for themselves. But with that comes a, uh, a detrimental effect as well, because this goes back to society at large, which I keep referencing. Mm -hmm. You know, someone, someone, let's say, in Canada has a friend who comes home from Peru and sees that her friend is glowing and has this new outlook on life and really is just a new person and they say what the hell did you do i want that and they say oh i did ayahuasca in peru it was amazing it changed my life i'm feeling so much better my depression is gone etc 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 a certain type of individual is gonna equate that experience to oh if i go down and drink ayahuasca one time or two times or three times 
it's going to have the same exact effect on me. Or I'm going to drink this medicine and I'm going to be cured when that is not the case. Mm -hmm. And I, I unfortunately think specifically with the medicine of ayahuasca that tourism for this and these experiences are happening primarily because of that. And um, that people are looking for some type of magic potion to fix them. Whereas when you begin working with these plant medicines, you quickly see that it's no, uh, it's no easy task and it's no one night I drink this medicine and I'm fixed forever. Mm -hmm. You really have to do the work. And, um, but I would say generally, yes, I think people are seeing that, uh, specifically with ayahuasca and San Pedro and peyote, that the benefit of these medicines are when they are held in ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, it goes directly back to my point earlier in which I said, the medicine truly to me is the ceremony itself, even more so than the, uh, the physical substance you are taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing. Um, I, you, you brought up a really good point about uh, the the notion that just having you know an ayahuasca ceremony once or twice will will magically change everything in your life and you know like admittedly I also thought that that you know that that was kind of what I, it's what I expected I expected to you know heal something um, to go kind of go in there with an intention and just heal that thing completely by having some sort of extraordinary, profound, you know, series of realizations and, and, you know, just visuals that, and, and symbols mm. that, that show me, uh, what I, I needed to, to change and then be able to implement that change and move on. So I, I definitely, you know, I can say I was one of those people and I, I felt the same way about, you know, uh, sacred mushrooms and and just kind of like you know if i have an intention i go in there and i'm i'm with the plants and i'm in a ceremony and then you know the answers will come and they'll apply forever um but like you've said you quickly you quickly realize it becomes very very clear that actually no that's not the case it's not how it works and and there is work that needs to be done and this goes like you know this ties right back into remembrance Yes. These ceremonies, these experiences, whether they are just ceremonies or ceremonies that consist of, you know, having ayahuasca or, or San Pedro or peyote as part of the ceremony, they act as triggers for us to remember um, things. And once we remember, that doesn't mean we're not going to forget in two weeks. <laughs> it, yep. it doesn't mean that. It's It means here's here was an opportunity a space that created the circumstances under which we could remember something and now that we have you know tapped into that specific remembrance we can carry this experience with us as sort of a, a support system as a guidance system to continue to remind ourselves and to continue to keep that remembrance alive and to keep it active and doing so takes work that's where the work comes in we have to keep yes. that active um yeah it's really cool that you brought that up because that's definitely true and you know it's also not uh it, it's not uh it's not surprising that many many of us you know when we're first looking at uh, at things like plant medicine, we're we're looking for healing. We're looking for some sort of help. We're looking we're looking to make those changes, and uh, we you know we're inclined to hope that the thing that we're interacting with is going to help us do that, and we're also inclined to hope that it'll help us do that immediately, that there will be an immediate yes. effect. And that's, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's, you know, a natural human thing to, to be doing. Um, but it, it's also, it's, it's great to have these conversations and to acknowledge that and, and to really highlight that so that, you know, yeah, that is true. Um, it, it, it is the way in which we seek out these plant medicines for some of us. And then knowing that and acknowledging that we can now go back to the drawing board and remember, okay, the, you know, remember those, 
those values and those principles and, and remember the perception of the plant medicine itself and the ceremony. Yes. Yes, completely. I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, there, there are, there are instances for sure. I mean, we could probably speak to it within ourselves where yes, after the first experience we have, it radically shifts us and opens us. I, I know it did for me. Um, and you know, certain people have been able to rid themselves of, of deep addictions just from one ceremony um, or series of ceremonies and other people have been able to drastically reduce their depression just after one or two ceremonies and may decide that they no longer need to physically drink these medicines or eat these medicines. And that's all right too, you know, because I feel like certain people uh, can get caught in the drama of just continuing to have more and more and more and more and more of these medicines thinking just by doing more it's going to improve the situation whereas i have always uh enjoyed primarily having to travel down to south america to meet with these medicines because that provides me an opportunity to go home and not be with these medicines in a physical sense for some time mm -hmm. and to integrate what i've learned and i think that's something important for many people, if they're specifically wanting to work with the plants on a healing level. And that just, that transitions me into just something else I've wanted to express to say, you know, at a point in my life now, I have been meeting with the medicines a lot more often. But that is also because my intention with working with these medicines have shifted from one of simply healing myself to learning how to pray with these medicines using these medicines as an opportunity to express gratitude i think many people in the west associate uh the taking of these of these sacred medicines as for healing only whereas indigenous people would drink these medicines for celebration they would sing them for purposes of uh hunting <laughs> you know they would they would uh take these medicines as just opportunities to pray deeply. And it's not always about, I need to fix what's wrong with me. And uh, for me, I enjoy some of those ceremonies the most where it's just pure celebration the entire time. And uh, I think it's important, I bring this, this note up because it's important for people to understand that although we refer to these sacred teachers as medicine, they're even much more than that. They are true, allies these are spirits in the flesh that we are meeting through these plant means who we have an opportunity to forge a relationship with and for me that is where most of my passion lies it's simply in cultivating a further relationship with each and every one of these plant spirits Mm -hmm. man that is so beautiful i'm so glad you brought that up that that shift is just so so beautiful i i i i would love for you to elaborate on that shift do you do you like for one do you think that that shift was possible because of the work and preparation for that shift because i like i imagine that is such a beautiful shift in in the way of relating to the medicine and and viewing it with you know because it, it's kind of like looking at it holistically um calling mm. them allies that is such a beautiful thing and not um not looking at them like they are just tools tools for teaching purposes or tools for healing yes. um like shifting that perspective is so beautiful and like uh, like for me what that brings up is a question of well I would imagine it takes time to get to that perspective because uh, when most of us or some of us are first introduced to plant medicine, we're, we're still very much in that narrative of we need healing and we need to change something and, and we're, you know, we're growing and we're learning. Um, so I imagine that there, there, there needs to be work done uh, before that kind of a shift can actually materialize. 
Um, and I'd love to know what you think about that and, and whether or not that rings true for you. Yeah, completely. I think, um, you know, the path to healing for each and every individual is going to be so different and so vast. Um, I love that you use the word holistic because that to me is what created that shift. Because when you think about holistic healing, you heal, you see that to heal yourself, there's many little pieces that need to be healed and shifted and corrected within oneself. So let's say we're speaking about just a physical body. Uh, a holistic approach is to understand you need to address your diet, your nutrition. You need to uh, look at the way you're moving your body. You need to address exercise. You need to address stress. You need to address your mental states and how you deal with your emotions. And there's many moving pieces. So when we realize to heal oneself holistically, there's, that there's many different aspects to that and that there's no one quick fix, we realize that um, you truly have to take the time to address how you specifically need healing for yourself. And for me, I quickly saw on the path of using some of these plant medicines that there were many different small things I needed to address within my life. Mm. Things that I needed to systematically break down one by one by one. And uh, in order to successfully do that, I needed to see that these medicines did not serve in the same way as a Tylenol or Advil does. And I needed to see first and foremost that these medicines themselves possess a spirit that they are a living entity that they are something to communicate and work mm -hmm. with and um because of that i felt like i was able to it was that realization in seeing that these entities were able to provide healing on a holistic level that i was able to see that oh no it's not uh I'm not only meeting with, you know, this ayahuasca brew that's made of these two different plants. I'm actually meeting with a spirit who I can continue to ask questions and learn from. And that is the shift that made me say, okay, I actually want to cultivate a relationship with this being rather than, as you said, use it simply as a tool or as a, uh, as an item. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, that, that, that did take time. And for me, that was a big process of, of my healing. So I do think people need to address whatever they individually need to address on a holistic level before they can even get to the point of uh, wanting to work with these medicines in any other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, uh, hearing you say that, it, it just occurred to me. I, I just had a, a lovely realization. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that for me, part of the, the challenge in, in uh, viewing plant medicine in the past as, uh, you know, its own entity and its own, you know, of having its own spirit or its own consciousness has been that, you know, that for me triggers this narrative that once I develop that relationship, then, you know, will I still be able to develop a relationship with myself and, and my own um, mm. voice and, and my own voice and stillness, my own soul? And it's funny because hearing you talk about it and, and us just speaking of it in a in a holistic way, it it made it clear to me that looking at them like spirits, um, like entities, like their own consciousness and their own being is very, very useful in being able to relate to them as a relationship that's being fostered, um, that's that's being nurtured, that's being developed, that's being tended to. And it's an option. It's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not a relationship I have to continue to uh, develop, but it is an option. It is there. It is part of our planet and there 
you know, they're willing and open to foster that relationship with me. And yes, and it does not take away from the relationship of myself with myself, whether that's, you know, in meditation without the use of, um, without, you know, the presence of a plant medicine. Um, so that's really cool. I don't know if I explained that right, but yeah. Yes, completely, completely. No, it, it, I understand. I mean, what you just described is the exact fear and apprehension people have towards engaging into a romantic relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. People, ha people have that hesitancy sometimes because they feel like they may lose a part of themselves by forging such a close relationship with something else. Totally. And um, that is a very natural human human fear and apprehension. And uh the way I see it as is these resources, these teachers are simply that if you have a mentor in your life or you have an elder or you look at, let's say your grandmother or grandfather, you can see that these people have something worthy to offer to you, something, some type of support that you may need when you need to go to them. And in a mature and healthy way that does not take away anything from the relationship you have with yourself it's just a it's a practice of vulnerability and humility to say oh okay if i need assistance there's this person here there's this plant here there's this spirit here that i can commune with and uh you know many many teachers of mine say that this is a path of humility when it comes to working with plant medicines and it's very much that this path for me has allowed me to ask for help more than I ever have in my life. And uh, I'm, I'm really learning the power in that more than ever in this moment of my life as well is uh, humbling myself to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I think for many people, even if they're taking these things on a recreational level, they do know that these plant teachers have wisdom to provide to us, to allow us to, see what we need to see within ourselves. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I love, I love that statement you just expressed because that's very indicative of how many people feel about forging relationships in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful the way you put it. Um, it's funny, uh, the, uh, the ceremony that we were, uh, in together that, that for me was a huge, one of those, uh, nights was a huge, huge major lesson in asking for help. It was, I mean, that's, yeah, the first yeah, night. That, that's all it really was. It was just you know, yep. it was, it was perfectly orchestrated for me to get to that place of asking for help. And, and it's, uh, it's really beautiful. Even at the time, uh, when it started to occur to me, I thought, wow, what a beautiful way of, uh, helping me learn this lesson and helping me um, do this. It was such a beautiful opportunity. And, and in hindsight, I yes. still look at it like such a beautiful way to just things were just orchestrated in, in such a, an intricate way to put me in a position where, you know, I had to ask for help. And, and that's, that was the, that was the step that was in front of me. And when mm. I, when I took that step and, and kept taking that step, I, you know, I quickly realized that, holy shit, I'm asking for help. Isn't that incredible? Yep. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've never done this before. I mean, like, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's very, very cool. Um, I, I, it, it was, it was beautiful for me as well. Just, just to remark on that as well. I learned so much from that ceremony specifically that has, I have been able to carry with me throughout my life as well. And, um, you know, not, not to lament, uh, too much on this, but, Yes, I think that's the power of ceremony itself because you were able to receive support from everybody there and everybody took a moment to step away from their own personal intentions or work to support you in that moment. So I think it was, uh, it was a very powerful lesson for everybody there just seeing what can happen when you simply express your need for assistance and support. So I thank you for that night as well in, in many ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. The, the, the gratitude is mutual. Um, so tell me a bit about, um, I, th I thought, let's go in a bit of a fun direction. What, what, are, what are ceremonies like for you? Like what, what, what mm. are the experiences like for you? Well, 
uh, to circle back to what I was expressing earlier about ceremony not always being centered around um, victimhood or healing, mm. you know, for me, ceremony is just that. It is fun. It is enjoyable for me, even when it's difficult, dark, scary, and uncomfortable. Even in those moments, it's still fun for me. And I can only speak for myself. Um, just because I'm so passionate about that sacred container that is built mm -hmm. through ceremony and the movements. I love, I love almost like the military-esque rules that come with ceremony when you're down in South America. You know, there are, there's proper ceremonial etiquette. There's proper ways to move within the space. There's proper ways of speaking within the space. Um, there's uh, an amount of, respect and care and mindfulness that needs to be maintained within the space for me i love all of that within ceremony and i see much of it as uh as a play in a sense or as a movie and i say it in that way meaning i'm looking at all these different characters within the space and i'm seeing them as a reflection of myself in some way so when I'm in ceremony, I'm incredibly attentive. Um, anyone who has sat in ceremony knows um, I'm rarely sleeping. I'm rarely laying back, you know, unless I'm really deep in my own journey. I am trying to pay as much attention uh, to everything going on within the space as I can because I know when that container is built, there's so much to be received in every moment. Um, I've recently learned, you know, I've kind of seen this already in some of the work I've done in South America, but uh, certain elders, you know, and, and within certain types of ceremony, they preach that you can't lie down. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't sit back. You can't close your eyes. You need to be attentive the entire night. And that is because you may miss something very valuable within the space if you're just, you know, asleep or laying down and and of course there's different medicines that foster different experiences and that allow different things you know ayahuasca is going to permit somebody laying down and dozing off much more than a peyote ceremony is going to but uh for me personally i love ceremony so much because for me it's it's like an opportunity to uh attain so much valuable and practical information within such a short amount of time that i'm uh i'm excited i'm grateful and i'm honored any single time i get to be in that space so yeah ceremony for me is fun it's uh it's very the word i always use is nourishing it's incredibly nourishing for me i feel like even if during the ceremony we have been fasting for 18 hours mm -hmm. and not drinking not drinking water i feel well fed afterwards every single time um so yeah i'm i'm deeply passionate about ceremony and for me it's uh it's a source of sustenance more than more than anything else mm -hmm. so cool so cool i like i i just love hearing people uh express what they're passionate about because i i can feel it and it it just automatically my my face reacts and and i'm smiling and and my heart mm, feels, beautiful feels really good. it feels really good <laughs> Um, I was just going to say that I think part of, uh, I know for me, from my perspective, part of uh, the the sort of reasoning around why the lying down and, and the closing of the eyes and that kind of thing, I think sometimes that is, you know, introspective and, and it's just really going deep and, and going further within oneself. And then sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a mechanism for protecting oneself and, and Kind of, mm, because yes. it, you know it can it can sometimes feel like there's a lot going on and it can it can uh, you know it's not always easy it's not always uh, a sort of calm experience there is there is that uh, sense of calm is always present i i do acknowledge that however sometimes it is a difficult experience and when the experience is difficult um you know our go-to is to protect ourselves and to kind of you know of course keep ourselves warm and keep ourselves not necessarily hidden away but really you know in in a in a sort of like cloud made out of blankets that's just really 
yeah yeah and it's fuzzy and and we close our eyes because it you know it again it's it's a way of closing those walls so that we're not as exposed to everything that's going on yeah it's to minimize the experience so i think sometimes and sometimes sometimes that's needed yeah sometimes that's necessary totally totally totally. yeah Yeah. totally totally so so um the when you say ceremony, I know you've said this a few times, and I think that's such a beautiful thing that you think that the, the, the magic and the power is in the ceremony itself. Do you, do, you, do you practice that in any way, being in ceremony with others um, without necessarily the presence of plant medicine or, or you, mm. using plant medicine? Yes, yes, completely. Um, because... I see ceremony as a locus, as a place, as a, uh, an environment, a center. And it's, I see ceremony as placing a flag in the sand saying, hey, this is a safe space. This is a welcome space to share, a space to cry, to express, to laugh, to sing, to pray. And it's that space which primarily provides the deep medicine that so many of us need, mm-hmm. which is the lack of community, the lack of gathering. So yes, I have participated in and conducted ceremonies that don't contain any uh, psychoactive, psychoactive substances whatsoever, um, which is very powerful because sometimes these medicines are not for everybody depending on where they are in life mm-hmm. but the medicine of ceremony is every single person's birthright mm-hmm. being a human being and a spiritual being on this planet so i mean i'll just say for example as well this is a bit of a sidebar but um i've been in plant medicine ceremonies where i have not drank any medicine and have fully felt the medicine itself mm-hmm. I have fully felt as if I was on ayahuasca or San Pedro without physically drinking any of mm-hmm. it. For me, those were the shifts that that allowed me to see that it is the ceremony and that it is the meeting of the spirit itself. You know, when you when you hear people speak about uh, their spirit animal and stuff like that, it's it's a bit similar. You know, your your plant ally or plant teacher can become such a close ally to you that you don't require to always meet him or her in that physical sense. And as I started to cultivate closer relationships with these medicines, I started to see that, yeah, you know, you don't always need to have the physical medicine present. And sometimes the medicine simply is just allowing people to sit in a safe and sacred circle where they know they can share their thoughts their recent experiences, they can request support from people there, they can request someone just, you know, holding them or or giving them a listening ear. And uh, for me, I feel like that's what many, many, many people are looking for when they join plant medicine ceremonies, they're really looking for a circle to sit within and feel safe Mm -hmm. within and to to sing and celebrate and dance within. Yeah, you know? totally. I totally agree with you. You you have no idea. I wish I wish I could show you the uh, the the warmth. Like there's a fire in the center of my <laughs> heart and it's warming my like uh, I, I totally agree with you that completely it's so powerful to just say that. Um, so hmm. what's an example of what that looks like? The the cer- the ceremonies that you have participated in. What does that look like? So yeah, let's get let's get real practical for people who want to um, apply some of this to their lives. Simply creating uh, a circle, let's say, of friends. Let's keep it very simple. Let's say you know going out to a park on a beautiful day, or going to a yoga studio or somewhere where you know the space is contained. Just gathering in a circle and expressing the intention that everybody now has an opportunity to share what's on their mind, what they've been going through in life in general, or what they're going through that week or that day, and maybe what they want to uh, welcome into their life, what they want to receive, 
also what they want to let go of and what they want to receive in the coming days, coming weeks, coming years. Just going in a clockwise circle where everybody has an opportunity to share what they've been going through, what they want to release and what they want to receive. And also not imposing a time limit on anybody, you know, saying, oh, each person has five minutes mm-hmm. to speak. No, you don't want to do that. You want to allow people to uh, invoke the spirit of their own communication to just flow because a lot of people feel like they um, would have difficulty doing such a thing in a in a public mm-hmm. setting, um, which which may be correct. So it's good to start maybe just with a group of trusted friends, but even within a group of people you don't know, <clears throat> once you see other people take that step towards just expressing themselves fully, uh, you see the medicine in that because nine times out of 10, when somebody else expresses something they're going through, you're going to relate to that in some way. So I would say, I mean, one of the simplest ceremonies of all is, you know, it's it's like what the Native Americans or the Aborigines used to do with the talking stick, mm-hmm. you know? allowing each person to hold a stick and and talk and or it could be a feather or it could be any item and it's that person's turn to speak no one interrupts no one joins in um you know people may applaud or say aho if they agree with something but um you know those those types of simple ceremonies are not to be taken for granted and some of those have been the most powerful for me you know certain people breaking down in tears just listening to somebody else express themselves or somebody themselves having a breakthrough experience because they express something that they haven't even expressed to themselves. Mm -hmm. Just seeing someone, just seeing like, Oh, this woman before me just was so brave and so courageous to share this traumatic thing that she went through yesterday. Oh, I feel safe enough to do that now myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's that power of, community that power of group gathering which allows us to see ourselves in the other person and i think that's what's needed most right now during these very uh divisive times we're living in we need to be able to see ourselves in the other people we are surrounded by as well so i yeah, just a, just a sharing circle. I, I would highly recommend that to people. <laughs> I think that's such a great. Thank you for uh, giving us like a a very practical way to go about that because that, that's that's a very simple way of just getting started and doing that. And I I totally agree with you. Like, I look at my life and I notice by far the most profound experiences of uh, growth and uh, healing and self awareness that I've had came from uh, re- things relating to other it, it was always it it was mm. always in a space where it the experience was facilitated by the relation of self and other and those like especially group group sessions of any kind for me by far i'm i'm a huge huge advocate for that kind of uh, work because it, it really is it it's the best way to move through things it's the best way to um, see things it because the way just just like you expressed it, it seeing somebody else express something that you either have thought about expressing and never did or you know you you hear what they're saying and, and it triggers something in you whether that's a breakthrough or yep. an understanding or it just makes you feel safe to exp- to express yourself and who you are, and, and it's encouraging. And there's a there's that uh, sense of familiar familiarity. Familiarity is that the yes. word? Yeah. Yeah, familiarity. Yeah. Yep. Um, it like community is just such a powerful thing. It's so so powerful, and and I agree with you. We do need more of that, especially at this time. Um, and yeah. I think- well, that's what that's what we're doing with Sessions G. You know, that's what I'm 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 loving about your podcast in general. You know, because I feel like you're now providing a platform for other people to express themselves, and then for your listeners to say, "Oh, wow, I never thought of it that way," or "Oh, wow, yeah, I think about that all the time, but I've never expressed that." So, I think this platform is such a beautiful way for you to continue to foster that seeing yourself in others and for others to see themselves in in you and your guests so 
yeah, I, I really commend you for for creating this platform in that way. I've, absolutely. I, you know, up until this conversation with you, I had no idea that that this was a way of demonstrating community at work. And then that's it's mm. so beautiful. Like that did not occur to me at all until now. And, and it really is a way of uh, a way of demonstrating that and, and uh, expressing that and creating the space for for others to see what community feels like, what it sounds like, um, and that it's possible, you know, to encourage more of that, to mm -hmm. encourage seeking that out and creating that with others. Um, yeah, it, it really is kind of like going back to, uh, you know, what our ancestors were doing. It's a, it's a way of- Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is, uh, these these squadcast calls, these Zoom calls, these Skype calls have become uh, our ceremonial fires, in a sense, sure in which we're all gathering around. <laughs> yeah. Sure oh man, this has been such an amazing conversation, Andrew. So beautiful. Thank you. I every time I have one of these conversations, honestly, my my heart that fire is just kindling. It's warm, and I'm so grateful. So grateful for you. Oh, thank you so much, Gabriella. I'm just as grateful. And, you know, it's not only your listeners and you who receive a lot of value from these conversations. It's certainly myself. And uh, I listen back to these conversations, these interviews that I participate in, and I always receive even more value. So I'm just as grateful. It's mutual. And that was episode five our second session of uh, the psychedelic sessions here at sessions g it was such a great time um man so many things were said so many things were shared and uh so much warmth just in my heart that i'm feeling it's just uh, it's just such a beautiful feeling it really truly is and I, and I hope that um anyone listening is getting getting that warmth too i hope you're feeling it too it's uh, Really, I, I have no words to describe um, the gratitude that I feel um, and uh, the sense of connection that I feel, the warmth that I feel, um, the, the interconnectedness, the connectedness. That's what I feel. That's the word I'm looking for, connected. I feel connected. And I feel a deep sense of connection and uh, it is just... I, you know, added to every time I have one of these conversations. Um, yeah, it's been so beautiful. I hope that you enjoyed that. And, you know, as always, do listen, do share, do subscribe, and do uh, let me know if you have any feedback, if there's anything I can do to improve. And if you want to come and be a guest on the podcast, that would be awesome too. I'd love to have you. Hoping that you are having a great day wherever you are. And I'm hoping that, you know what, I'm not hoping, I'm, I'm sending you lots and lots of uh, sunshine because that's what I got today. I got some sunshine shining on me and it was so beautiful. And I hope that you feel that warmth too. Until next time, Sessions G, signing out. <laughs>